Welcome to the Bookworm Collective. In this episode, we will be discussing the differences and similarities in reading through audiobooks and physical books. So we've talked a little bit about this topic here and there through previous episodes, but we wanted to just kind of do an entire episode where like the main point is talking through just the differences between audiobooks, physical books, maybe why you choose one over the other and what we tend to do um, when we're reading. So basically, a physical book is any time you're like actually reading right on the page. So, you know, I know that it's pretty straightforward to think of like a physical, like hard book you can hold in your hands. But to me, this also includes like reading on like a reader, like a Kindle or maybe on an iPad or something where you're still reading the actual words on the page. And audiobooks is any time somebody is reading that book to you. It could be where there's like a cast of characters reading the book or maybe only one person is reading the book, or even if you've like selected a large block of text and you ask it to like speak it out to you. And that's kind of what um, we're grouping as audiobook. Yeah, so there are a lot of things that both Harrison and I like and dislike about both audiobooks and physical books. Um, so today that's just kind of what we'll be talking about. So... I personally prefer the physical book format most of the time. Sometimes I'll read an audiobook every now and then, but I prefer physical books most of the time. And for me, I primarily listen to audiobooks. It's almost exclusive. Occasionally, I'll pick up a physical book here and there, but most of the time, I am leaning towards an audiobook when I start reading something. And, you know, there's lots of different ways you can do this. I mean, I know there are a lot of people out there that like to do both at the exact same time, like read the actual words, but also have somebody read it to them. And, you know, it doesn't really doesn't really matter what format you do, but sometimes, you know, one one format is over the other, but it's not like going to be like that for maybe one specific book. A lot of times it's just like what scenarios you're in and what you're hoping to get out of a book. So we've kind of broken up into a couple of sections, the differences between audio and physical books that we're going to kind of go through just that category. So the first one is all about accessibility and convenience. Yeah, so um, I'm going to go ahead and start talking about some of the pros for the physical books. So um, for physical books, they provide um, a more tactile and immersive reading experience because you are actually reading, like you have to read the words and you are actually like physically turning the page, either if it's a real piece of paper or even if it's just a swipe on whatever you're reading. Um then for the actual physical book, not like the digital book format, you don't really need any sort of technology or electricity. This also leads to um, no chance of getting distracted by notifications or um, anything else that might pop up on a device. Yeah, and I'd say that like for me, um, especially when I was in college, I did do a lot of reading on uh, like an iPad. And, you know, I know a lot of those were like textbooks, so it's a little bit different. But when you're on something that is connected to the Internet and has the option to do all of those other things, like notifications popping up can become really, really distracting. And to me, I think that that's like one of the 
biggest appeals for like a dedicated reader like a Kindle. So I've never had a Kindle, but I think that that's like the biggest thing that I would kind of lean towards a Kindle over a reading on an iPad, not because of like the way the screen is or, you know, that it's just like an, a device dedicated towards or anything to deal with charging. It's just that those distractions are removed all the time. So you're just not like, I don't, you're just not going to be disturbed as often. Yeah, and also, um, app like Apple has come out with new things to kind of help with this situation of notifications, where like you can create a focus on your iPad specifically for reading that blocks out all notifications except for certain ones that are like emergencies to you. While iPads still have those notifications, you can set it up where you don't have as many notifications, but the idea of not being able to like change your mind in the middle of a chapter that's really boring you to go play a game on your iPad is is um, really nice to have. Yeah, and you know, there are some cons to physical books and um, the first one can be solved pretty easily if you do a digital book like a, on a reader or an iPad, but if you're doing like the physical book, it can kind of be a little bit bulky or heavy to like carry around. And like sometimes, you know, I'm sure that everybody's done it where they have like a book that they really like, they want to keep it in good condition. So they're like really concerned about where they take it. And I know Anderson has taken a few books to like the beach or like a pool or something. And like, you're constantly going to be worried that that thing's going to get wet and get ruined. Pro tip, do not bring books to a swim meet <laughs> because they will definitely get wet one way or another. <laughs> um, another thing about physical books is that you need good lighting um, and sometimes you do need a dedicated reading space. So um, sometimes maybe you're going on a cart on a road trip, right? And maybe you just wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, I have to read, but you're still in the car, so you don't have any, like, good light source. So you you end up just, like, fumbling with your phone, like, trying to get just, like, a white screen so that you have a light to read your book. And that's just really annoying to deal with. And this can also be fixed with a reader. With a physical book and needing a good light, it makes it harder to read these books. Now, sometimes you also need a dedicated reading space when reading because um, like like we were talking about with like an iPad or reading a an actual digital book, you have those notifications. Well, you also have background noise when you aren't listening to the book. So um, you might get distracted by conversations going on around you by by your friends and you're like, oh, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense at all. And just by having a good dedicated reading space, um, you are less likely to get distracted by conversations or things going on around you. Yeah, I know that Anderson sometimes has this thing. I don't understand how he does it, but we'll be doing like a family gathering. There might be like 20 people in the room and Anderson will just be like sitting on the couch, like flipping through a book, like reading it. And I'm like, how can you do that? And, I'm, you know, then sometimes I try to ask him questions just to like disturb the reading. But anyway, like that's definitely something that you do have to think about, like, like where you're going to read and like who's around. Because especially if you are in like a really intense moment of your book, you know, you probably don't want to be interrupted. But from the 
audiobook side, um, one of the like pros behind audiobooks is just that they're way more accessible just in general. And it's not necessarily like that they're easier to get your hands on. It's probably about the same, um, especially if you're a digital reader. Um, it makes it a lot easier. But one of the things that is more accessible about an audiobook is that if you have some sort of like visual impairment or if you're reading in any of those scenarios where like maybe you don't have like a good light or something, you don't have to worry about any of that with audiobooks. Um, you know, recently, Anderson and I both saw this video of this uh, this girl who was blind who got a copy of all the Harry Potter books in Braille, and um, which is really, really cool that she's going to be able to read those books that way. Um, but the books are absolutely massive, and I cannot even imagine how expensive those books were because they're just a lot more difficult to make. And so audiobooks definitely make it way easier if you have some sort of visual impairment to be able to read, which, um, you know, can be helpful. On the other side of that, though, if you have a hearing impairment, obviously an audiobook is not going to be a great format for you. So, um, you know, I guess there's like two sides to that. The other thing with audiobooks is it can be very easy to read in lots of different places because you don't need to have a dedicated space, but you also don't need to be stopped. Like you don't have to be sitting there to do stuff. So like for me, I read books during my commute to work or while I'm just doing various like chores around the house that need to be done. And you know, that, that works for me. And I wouldn't be able to read a physical book in that time. Another nice thing about audiobooks is that they are very convenient if you have a busy lifestyle. So, um, like on the occasions that I am reading audiobooks, those are the times where I'm going from place to place, um, doing a lot of tasks that might not mean that that don't take a lot of thought to do. And um, like, let's say you're you're always going in between places. Um, you can always just put on a book on the travel time between the two. So it's just it's just more convenient for you to read while you're doing something than have to actually spend the time to sit down and open the physical book and to not get distracted by what's going on around you. Yeah, and kind of on like the downside of that, that you can read in these more busy scenarios is that like with audiobooks, it's really hard to sit down and just like read an audiobook. It's not something that you're going to like curl up with a good book. Like um, to me, I just I get distracted really easily if I'm doing an audiobook and I'm just sitting there not doing anything else. So um, I usually listen to audiobooks while I'm doing something. And it doesn't mean that I have to be like doing some like really you know, large task or anything, but just like sitting down and maybe like you're doing a puzzle or something, you know, it's just like not very frequently are you going to be listening to an audiobook for a large stretch of time where that's the only thing you're doing is that audiobook. Um, another pro that's um, out there for audiobooks, but also for digital books, like real books, is that um, it's really easy to start up a new book if you're like out and about and finish your book because you don't have to have like thought ahead of time be like oh I know I'm going to finish my book so maybe I'll just bring a second book with me um, because like it's pretty easy to just like find another book if you didn't already have it downloaded or maybe you have like with like a 
just your device, whatever it is you're carrying around, like if it's a phone, if it's an iPad or a Kindle or whatever, like you probably have like your whole library with you everywhere you go. Um, whereas like the physical paper books, I'm, I highly doubt you're carrying around your entire library. Um, either you have a very large bag or you have a very small library if you're doing that. The next thing that we want to talk about is immersion and engagement between uh, physical and audiobooks and those differences. Yeah, so starting with audiobooks this time, one of the things that's really interesting in audiobooks they can do to increase the immersion over a physical book is they can have full cast read the book out loud to you. So in that scenario, when you're like reading a book, they might actually have a different person reading for each character on the page. And then like a narrator role that reads like the stuff that's not dialogue. And that can um, make it much easier to like distinguish who's talking and when, um, which is really, really interesting. Um, I also do find that helpful when I'm reading an audiobook and they do that because sometimes it can be very confusing when who's talking. Like if it says like, you know, the person said this, like if it says that beforehand, obviously it's straightforward, but a lot of times in writing that comes after the fact. And so it's a lot easier to have a better idea of what is going on quickly when there's like a full cast. But what else is interesting, and it seems to be kind of a more recent thing with audiobooks, but they might start adding sound effects in the background all throughout. I know that for like me personally, the books that I've read, a lot of the Star Wars books are the ones that tend to do this way, way more where there's like certain sounds that will play under. So you kind of like can keep in mind like what environment the characters are in and things like that. And it's like an interesting element that kind of takes the book a little bit further and makes you feel a little bit more engaged through the audio. Another nice thing about audiobooks is that um, it's helpful for people who struggle not knowing how certain things sound. So, um, like we said before, with the addition of sound effects and casts, um, we we can know how a certain sound actually sounds. It's not like you're coming up with this odd, strange description in your head of how like something of how something sounds. And a really nice thing about audiobooks that I completely love is the fact that you know that all the names are pronounced correctly. With physical books, you get to come up with however the, however the names are pronounced. Like, for example, this is not a personal thing that happened to me, but it's happened to others. Is like in the Harry Potter books, um, Hermione was pronounced Hermione. Yeah, if you're not from the UK, where that is like a very popular name, but you're maybe from the US and are reading that book where you don't hear that name very often... It's kind of a weird one. Like, I don't think there's many, especially kids, they're going to pick up that the name is Hermione. And so it's nice that when you listen to an audiobook, you know that that thing is pronounced correctly. And it is kind of funny because Anderson and I sometimes will read the same book where I will listen to an audiobook and he will read the book. And he will not know how the name is actually pronounced. I don't know that. But if you asked me to write down and spell that person's name, I couldn't do it because I've never read the name on a piece of paper. Uh, so 
it's definitely a nice thing about audiobooks that you know it was pronounced the way that the author intended it to be pronounced. And then a con for audiobooks is that the reader doesn't get to imagine as much in the way someone talks. When you are listening to an audiobook, you do not you you are just told specifically how something sounds. And a big thing about physical books is that you have to imagine how characters sound and how um and how the certain sound effects would sound. And with that, it just it just means that you're not imagining as much. And um for some people that's really helpful if they just if they just don't have that um that much of a of an imagination but um it just seems a little restrictive in my opinion yeah especially like when you have like a really good narrator that is very good about like acting out the dialogue and um you know like they're being very expressive with it i can see like how you you don't get to imagine those things more because like when it says that somebody is like angry you know, depending on how the narrator reads that, you can read into like, oh, how angry was that person and things like that. So some of the gaps do get filled in a little bit for you. And for some people that actually could be listed, for some people that actually could be listed as a pro, I guess. But um, overall, if like your goal is kind of like to be totally immersed in this world that you get to make up, like that you get to you know, paint those like pictures on top of what the author originally has written. Um, some of that does get done for you through the audio. So for immersion and engagement, a lot of this is like just the opposite of what we said for the audio books. Like, so for a physical book, you, you don't get those like extra sound effects. You don't get the cast. So like you have to do all of those things in your own head and kind of keep all of that straight. But at the same time, like the biggest benefit to the physical book is you get to imagine all those things. You get to kind of like fill in the gaps and kind of like have a little bit more creativity with it. So, um, you know, it just depends on what you're trying to get out of a book. And like if you're reading exclusively nonfiction, this is really not something that's going to matter a whole lot to you. But a lot of times, like if you're reading like a sci-fi book, this could be like a big deal. Like you might, you might really enjoy the physical book more than the audio book because you get to create your entire world. You also get to come up with how the names are pronounced. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you also get to pick how the names are pronounced. And if you mess it up, I mean, the author just should have picked a more straightforward name than that guess. <laughs> when I was reading through Dune, I was like, oh man, I never would have figured out how those are pronounced. What? And we were talking about Dune one episode, and you were confused about who I was talking about for one for one character. Well, yeah, because in Dune, they like there's like these two like alien races that have like practically the same name, you know. And when you're listening to an audiobook, also on double speed, which doesn't really help in that scenario when it's a weird word, <laughs> it just is like hard and. So like sometimes when like I'm reading that type of book, I'm just like, okay, that name's pronounced weird. I don't really know what it is, but it's pronounced weird. So that's the weird one. And I'll just remember <laughs> those are the weird people. And but when you have two of them, I can't be like, yeah, that's weird people number one, and that's weird people number two. So anyway, it was it was confusing. All right. So then our last big section about um, physical and audiobooks is retention and comprehension. 
Retention and comprehension is just about how you really remember the books and how well you remember the books. So um, we're going to go ahead and start with physical books for this one. And both Harrison and I think that when you read a physical book, you remember what you read better because you're actually like turning the pages and you're thinking about it. You're not really being told at it and you're reading and you're reading at your own pace. Whereas with audiobooks, you can set your own pace and um, you might be reading at what you think you can actually comprehend what is going on, but really you should be reading it a little bit slower. So then when you're reading your audiobook, it doesn't it doesn't stick with you as well as reading a physical book. Yeah, and I would say that like as far as like the speed that you're reading and things like that that Anderson kind of mentioned here is um like when I when I listen to audiobooks, I change the speed and I set it as fast as I can, but still comprehend everything that's going on. And the thing that's like kind of rough about that is that the readers don't always have like a constant pace throughout the entire book. And even when you read it, you're not going to have a constant pace if you were reading it like the physical book. You would kind of speed up in the parts that like you're understanding and um, is easy to make sense of. And then you could slow down and even like go reread something. And that's like really easy to do in a physical book. But in an audiobook, it's a little bit more challenging. And as the author changes pace, maybe they went really quick through something that you kind of needed to be a little bit slower or vice versa. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. But I would say that for me personally, the retention and comprehension is definitely lower on an audiobook. And the, I would say that the main culprit behind that is because I'm always doing something else while I listen to the audiobook. It's never the sole focus of what I'm doing. Maybe I'm just like washing the dishes, and in those moments I probably do comprehend more of that book than if I was driving or something. But um, because I'm doing something else, there's always part of my mind that's going to be occupied with something else. So I definitely would say it's a little bit lower. So I mean, overall, and we kind of mentioned it earlier, there's tons of ways you know, that you can read a book. And, you know, if it's physical, if it's audio, or maybe you're doing both at the exact same time, that's like totally fine. Every single format kind of has its own ups and downs. And the biggest thing is that you pick a system that is going to work for you in a way that you like to read. But it's also important to remember that just because you prefer physical books doesn't mean you never can pick up an audiobook or that it's never the right option. You know, there are certain books that I'm sure, like in Anderson's scenario, he prefers physical books, but like he was going to read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which he already knows the story to, is kind of like a light read, like audiobook for that, perfectly fine. Um, and so like being okay with changing the way that you read um, is kind of nice. Maybe it gives you a break, you know, from like a slump you're feeling in with reading. All right. So now we're going to go into what Harrison and I have read this month. So this month I read more books than I usually do. And one of those books was For the Foundation. And um, I really enjoyed this book because... As I got to learn more about some of the stuff that's leading up to the actual book called Foundation, um, I get to see how this information kind of fits all together um, with the show. So there's a show based off of this book series called Foundation, 
and um and that's on Apple TV Plus. And I I've actually watched this show before I read the book series, which is kind of reverse of what I normally do. But I didn't know there was a book series until Harrison told me there was a book series because he decided to read all of the books before watching the first episode of Foundation and then got really confused about what was going on when he watched the first episode of Foundation. So, yeah, typically that's what I try to do. I try to read the book before I watch the movie. I just think it works out better that way most of the time. But I read all the books and then I started the show and I was like, what? It's like, this doesn't make any sense at all. So, I mean, it made some sense, but I was like, they must just be very loosely following the books. Um, but yeah, I didn't make it super far into the show and I need to, I need to go through it all again. So it was just, it was just kind of nice because the information that I got from this book and the book that I read before it prelude to foundation, it was just really cool to see how that information kind of went with the show but how the show didn't follow that information to the dime, if that makes any sense at all. And like the show is, is, it is really good, but they, the show and the books are definitely two different stories based off of the same concept. So it's just, I just like to see how it's all fitting together. And I hope I don't get confused as I continue reading the series. So I gave Forward the Foundation five out of five worms. For me, I actually have had a very slow reading this month. So I guess Anderson has just been picking up for my slack. So I've been in like a little bit of a slump. There's been a lot of stuff going on, like just been really, really busy. So I haven't been reading quite as much. So the book that I'm like going to review this month is actually The Art of Toy Story. And this book is way different from any books that I've like reviewed or anything that we've talked about in the podcast before. So um, this book goes through the art and the process behind the making of the movie Toy Story. And so um, Disney makes a lot of these books. Lots of companies make them. Um, I call them the art of series. And so there's a lot of books that are called the art of and then you know, insert your movie title and it will kind of explain a lot of the process behind the making of the movie. And I think that they are super interesting and fascinating. And I've always been a huge fan of Pixar. So I have all of the Pixar ones actually. And so, um, you know, these are just really, really interesting and give you a great appreciation for the way that a film is made. And um, I really enjoy the Pixar ones because they, they include tons and tons of concept art. But you also get to like hear these stories about where the movie started, what was the original idea and kind of all the twists and turns that it took along the way, because these movies take a long time to actually make it to screen. They take a long time for people to put together. And a lot of stuff changes along the way. You know, in Pixar's most productive week in all of their history, they've only made two seconds of film. So it takes a long time, and this kind of gets to walk through some of that process. So I really enjoy it. But it is only a physical book. There's a lot of art in the books, too. Um, and so it's definitely very different. It's not always like this great cohesive story that goes through. And The Art of Toy Story does have a good 
like it connects all the points like fairly well, but um, it's just, it's very different. Like it's not trying to like take you through this place, you know, or like where you can kind of like escape what's going on. Like that doesn't, that's not really the thing, but it's also not like a standard like nonfiction book that like walks through like here's the history of these events. It's just like here's kind of this like mangled path that was taken for the movie to be released. Um, so it's definitely different. Um, if you're interested in that type of stuff, I would definitely give it a read. Um, I really like the Art of Toy Story one. There are some of them that just don't have as much meat to them, but this one has a lot of like story in it so um i really enjoy it and i gave it five out of five worms and that brings us to the end of the episode you can find the bookworm collective on instagram at the underscore bookworm collective and on facebook at the bookworm collective Feel free to message us what your favorite reads were this month. Thanks for listening.